And let's read from verse 1 to verse 20. From verse 1 to verse uh, 20. Kununta Salula Khamstash, we want to read from verse 1 uh, to verse uh, uh, 20. Eyeglasses. <laughs> if I had a spare set, I'd. I'd uh, uh, but that, of course, assumes that <laughs> what works for me would work for you. And uh, so I'll go ahead and read first, and let's uh, read from verse 1 to verse uh, 20 of 1 Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and in which ye stand. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve, Father City. For I am the least of the apostles, and am not fit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. All right, thank you very much. Paul the Apostle says in uh, verse, uh, in verse uh, 7, last of all, he was seen of me as one born out of due uh, time. Uh, he goes on to express humility. I am the least of the apostles. I persecuted the church uh, of God. It is God's grace uh, that has worked in uh, my life. And uh, that grace was accompanied by his laboring uh, abundantly. And this is the way things should be. But even then, credit is given uh, to the Lord. It is his uh, grace which labors in us. It is his power which uh, strengthens us. Whether it is I or they, uh, it, it is not of the utmost importance 
who is the one who preaches. Uh, remember that the Corinthians had, uh, among other things, a problem of division and factionalism. I am of Paul, I am of Peter, I am of Apollos, I am of Christ. And one of the things that he told them in chapter 3, who is Paul and who is Apollos? They are only laborers by whom you heard the message. It's the message which is uh, important, uh, which is uh, important, whether I or they. Another thing that is expressed in verse 11 uh, is the fact that whether I or they, it is the same message. So we preach, and so you uh, believed. Uh, and so you believed. It's the same message and with the same uh, uh, impact. It's not like Paul preaches and somehow people are saved and they become 150% saved. Uh, when Peter preaches, uh, they're only 100% saved. It, it is God's working leading to uh, the same uh, the same outcome, the same uh, fruit. We preach, and you believed. And uh, remember also the idea of a chain. Uh, Paul was not one of those who witnessed the Lord Jesus Christ in his life before the cross and was not there uh, with the other apostles when the Lord Jesus appeared to them after the resurrection. Now, the Lord Jesus did appear to him on the Damascus Road. And uh, that is something that he mentions here and elsewhere. But there were others who went before him, chronologically speaking. From them to him, it is the same message. I delivered unto you that which I received. So, the chain, the transmission the passing of time, and the message going from one to another to another has not resulted in a change, an alteration to uh, this message, at least uh, in the circle or in the line uh, of which we speak. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, verse 12, how say some of you that there is no resurrection? This is strange. <laughs> this is uh, unusual. Uh, this is uh, confusing and bewildering. Uh, how some of you, some of you say that there is no resurrection uh, when Christ is preached that he rose from uh, the dead. In Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6, uh, Paul expresses a certain amount of surprise. I marvel that you are removed and so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ, that you are removed into another gospel. كان في دهشي إنه كيف صار في نوع من التأثير رسالة أخرى إنجيل آخر. In the case of the Galatians, of course. They fell under the influence of a certain teachers, probably of a Jewish background, uh, who emphasized works, and in particular circumcision, and made the works of the law, and in particular circumcision, 
to be necessary for salvation, which was never true, neither in the New Testament or in the Old. So I marvel, and I'm surprised. Uh, uh, I am uh, surprised. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 9, Paul the Apostle also says, How now, how is it now, after you have known God, or rather are known of God, that you turn again to things that are weak and beggarly, uh, and uh, beggarly. If Christ be preached that he rose from uh, the dead. Uh, this is the message preached by Paul by others. Verse 11, whether I or they. What did the Corinthians think with regard to the resurrection? What was their problem precisely? Well, we need to be careful in the sense that it may not have been one thing. They might have fallen under the influence of a variety of false ideas which were connected in some way or the other to the resurrection. And this could be true, uh, especially when you think of a group. When you think of a group, you might say there are a hundred people. Twenty of them, let's say, are confused with regard to the resurrection, and it is not necessarily the case that these 20 people are all confused in exactly the same manner. Some of them may be confused in one way and others in, uh, uh, in another. Let's uh, think of some of the different views held by the people of uh, that uh, time. يلي الناس الناس كان عندهم اياها بالنسبه لهذا الموضوع بهداك الزمن. Views actually which you can find now and perhaps not very different than uh, of that time. There are some people who thought that uh, death is the end of everything. انه الموت هو نهايه كل شيء. Not just the end of the physical life of the body, but the end also of the existence of spirit or soul. This view is sometimes called annihilation, al-fana. Uh, uh, there is a tombstone from that time which reads, I was not, I was, I am not. Makint mawjood. وجدت وجدت والان ما بقى موجود uh, الان ما بقى uh, موجود uh, and the idea that death ends everything would lead to an emphasis on our current existence in this world because if there's nothing beyond death then our current life is all uh, Verse 32 uh, of uh, the chapter. If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what does it profit me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we uh, die. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Uh, in a play written around uh, this time, there is a character uh, who, in the middle of a great feast, says, uh, if we know we must die, then why should we not live? 
Nahya. So, there is a view that says there's nothing after death. Nothing for the body, nothing for the soul, nothing for the spirit. Everything comes to uh, an uh, end. Uh, an end. Did some among the Corinthians think that this was the case? Maybe. We don't know for sure. But perhaps this was not the view that they held or that was not held widely uh, among them. Uh, there are some people uh, who denied the resurrection in uh, another uh, way. Uh, in another way. Uh, they denied the resurrection by spiritualizing it, by saying, in effect, that all references to the resurrection are, in fact, references to salvation. When you are saved, you are given a new life, and the receiving of this new life, this is the resurrection, uh, resurrection is not a matter of a body rising physically. Resurrection is a spiritual matter. And under this uh, viewpoint, the resurrection has already occurred. Has already occurred. Look at Second Timothy chapter 2 and verses 16 through 18. But shun profane and vain babblings, uh, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a gangrene, of whom are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of uh, some. Uh, overthrow the faith of some. Uh, so, did some Corinthians believe this? Maybe, but perhaps not uh, many. Uh, probably the most common error uh, among them regarding the resurrection was a denial of the physical resurrection of the believer. The idea being among them that spirit and soul go to be with the Lord, body decays, and there is no raising of that body and reuniting it with spirit and soul. The Greek thinking of the time, uh, we've spoken of it in, uh, uh, in the past, is uh, a thinking which put the spirit on one side and the body on the other side and distinguished between them in a particular way. Sometimes this is called dualism. All right? The spirit and the body are not in harmony. Uh, the spirit is something noble, is something pure, is something good, uh, is something uh, right. The body is where evil in our structure, in our makeup, in our framework, the body is where evil uh, is uh, uh, located, where evil uh, resides. Now, someone might say, well, isn't, what the, uh, isn't that what the Bible teaches? No, that's not what the Bible teaches. Watch out. 
when the Bible says uh, that uh, we are sinful and there is a reference to, for instance, the flesh, all right, the flesh is to be regarded as figurative, as a part of our spirit and soul. It is not my nails and skin, muscles, tendons, and organs which are sinful. From the heart of man proceed, the Lord Jesus said, all sorts of sins. He enumerated them. Uh, he enumerated them. And so when we speak in the Bible of the flesh being sinful, it is, a, it is not the flesh in the literal, uh, in the literal uh, sense. For them, soul, spirit, maybe you can think of them together, like I said, noble, pure, right, uh, and good, and therefore to be thought of positively. But soul, spirit, suffer from this association with the body, the body being sinful, the body being problematic, the body being the source of many uh, temptations, uh, temptations. The idea, therefore, is that death is a liberation to some extent from the body so that the spirit and the soul can uh, somehow continue and, like I said, in pureness and goodness, being freed from to a situation which involved a body. Uh, it is like going back to prison. It is like going back to uh, defilement. Uh, there's a statement that might have been made uh, that might have been made uh, by one of the writers of the time. The hope of the resurrection is the hope of swine. Uh, is the hope of swine. Raja al Qiyami huwa Raja al Khanazir. Why do I uh, uh, desire uh, a resurrection or look forward to a resurrection? Because I am a sinful man and I want to wallow in that sinfulness. I want to enjoy that sinfulness uh, uh, again. Also, another thing that sometimes entered the picture, and I believe it enters the picture here with the Corinthians because Paul deals with it uh, uh, in this chapter. The idea that how can there be a resurrection when the body decays, when the body uh, decays. If it is raised again, what is it going to be? Some kind of body that is living and dead? Some kind of uh, uh, monster? Uh, some kind of uh, uh, um, uh, strange uh, uh, creature? Uh, how can there be life again for a body which has uh, decayed? And here and there, you'll have people tell you something like, uh, uh, in this day and age, I've heard people say 
stuff like this, or I've read it, I don't remember, where they say something like a body is buried and it decays, and some of the elements of that body enter into the soil, and they become nutrients for the trees, which produce a fruit, and the fruit is eaten by another person, so what was part of this body has now become part of another body, and how, when there is a resurrection... How can all of this be resolved? How can this body be raised when uh, the elements which constituted it have somehow been scattered in various directions and some of them absorbed by other bodies? Uh, so there are various ways that people can present this uh, objection, can, can raise uh, this problem. Uh, how can a dead body uh, be uh, raised? Uh, another idea that might uh, come to some minds with regard to this matter, how can a body be with the Lord when the Lord is a spirit? How can a body be with the Lord when the Lord is a spirit? How can a body be, let's say, in heaven, when heaven is a spiritual uh, uh, place? Uh, in some uh, sense, uh, uh, that poses uh, certain uh, uh, questions. Uh, and again, we could say that Paul addresses this, and, and, and there are other things that can be said right now. I'm just uh, presenting some of the ideas that they might have had, the uh, confusing uh, uh, notions and, and misunderstanding things and uh, uh, all sorts of things might have been uh, might have been uh, there. Mainly, mainly, it seems that the problem was an idea that the believer does not rise. The believer uh, does not have a, a resurrection, but there might have been other things. Uh, uh, as well. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead. And the first thing I'd like to mention here is that there's absolutely no doubt that Christ was preached, that he rose from the dead. From the very, very beginning, if you go with me to the book of Acts, uh, from the time that the message went forth, it went forth with this very important part, not some kind of marginal uh, matter, that Christ rose from uh, the dead. Acts chapter 2, uh, uh, what does uh, Peter say? Uh, in verse 23, uh, the Lord Jesus, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken, and by wicked hands you have crucified and slain, whom God has raised from uh, the dead. Uh, whom God has raised from the dead. What does he then say? He uh, quotes uh, David from Psalm 16. Uh, you will not leave my soul uh, in hell or in the place of the dead, neither will you allow your Holy One to suffer corruption. This is Acts 2.27. Uh, uh, and then he says uh, David is dead and buried. His, uh, uh, his tomb is with us to this day. Verse 30 of Acts chapter 2, Therefore being a prophet, knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne, he, seeing this before, spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. This 
Jesus has God raised up whereof we all are witnesses. So, on the day of Pentecost, then, uh, the next message that we uh, have recorded in the book of Acts is in Acts chapter 3, uh, after the healing of the lame uh, man. Acts chapter 3 and verse 15, you killed the prince of life, God raised him from uh, uh, the dead. Uh, Acts chapter 3 and verse 26, having raised up his son uh, Jesus. Uh, Acts chapter 10, the message to Cornelius and uh, company. Acts chapter 10 and specifically verse 40, it says, Him God raised up the third day and showed him uh, openly, and showed him openly, not to all people, but unto witnesses chosen before by God, even to us, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from uh, the dead. Acts chapter 13 and verse uh, 29, this is now Paul uh, in the synagogue of Antioch of Pisidia, uh, in the middle part, you might say, around the central part of Turkey. Acts chapter 13, and uh, look at the passage uh, beginning with verse 29. They took him down from the tree, they laid him in a sepulcher, but God raised him from uh, the dead. And he was seen many days of them who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. Verse 33, he has raised up Jesus again. And then there is the quotation uh, of uh, there is a quotation of Acts chapter 16, sorry, Psalm 16, the prophecy of David, uh, which we also saw uh, in Acts chapter uh, 2. Uh, Paul in Athens preached Jesus and the resurrection, al-Masih wal-Qiyami, and he told them, God has appointed a day, he will judge all men by that man who he has ordained. And he's given assurance to all men in that he has raised the, him from the dead. Uh, Paul before Festus and Agrippa, uh, Acts 26. And uh, look first of all at verse 8. Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? What is the message I preach? Acts 26 and uh, verse 23, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first to rise from the dead. By the time of the writing of Corinthians, first letter that we are considering, it is likely that a few, not many, other letters had already been written. Likely Galatians had been written, so let's go to Galatians 1.1, Galati Wahad Wahad. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Likely also the Thessalonian letters were written, Rasael uh, Thessaloniki. 1 Thessalonians 1.10, we wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Whom he raised from uh, uh, the dead. 
Christ is preached that he rose from the, the, that he rose from the dead. At the beginning of the chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, I delivered unto you what I received. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Christ is preached that he rose from the dead. How do you say otherwise? Do you not have some kind of reference? Do you not have some kind of foundation? Do you not have some kind of source? Do you not have something that you must rest upon, appeal to, that you must obey, that you must follow, that you must adhere to? Are you able to say freely anything you want to say? This is a message. It exists, given by God, according to the scriptures, uh, supported by Old Testament prophecy. How is it that you, do, uh, that you do otherwise? Here and there people come to us and they say, where is your authority? And usually they're expecting you to say something like, because they think along the lines of many people in this country, they expect you to say something like, well, we have a grand archbishop. You know, uh, we have uh, uh, the head of the evangelical church uh, who lives in, I don't know, Switzerland, uh, uh, France, England, something like that. No, we don't have a grand archbishop or whatever you want to call him. We have something far, far better. We have the authority of the word of God. Uh, it is preached, no question about it, that Christ is risen from the dead. So you can't fly off somewhere and do whatever you want and say whatever you want regarding this kind of issue. The Bible doesn't tell you what your favorite color should be, so you can say whatever you want. You can say you like white or black or yellow, blue, green, red, who knows what color you might like. But in such a matter, God's word has spoken. And how do you say uh, uh, otherwise? Uh, if there is no resurrection of the dead, if the dead do not rise, if this is universally true, if this is always the case, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is vain. It is empty. It is useless. It is meaningless. It is without value. Worthless. Uh, false. Your faith also is vain. Uh, uh, the gospel is supposed to be what? It's supposed to be a message of good news. That's what the word gospel means. Akbar Sar. Instead, it's a hoax. Instead, it's a story. A story that is false. It has no truth to it. It has no power to it. It does not save. It does not change. It's interesting what he is saying here, and of course he continues to say it in various ways, but let's note something here. If you talk to people here and there, you are sure to run into a certain viewpoint that exists. You can call it different things. I'm going to call it the liberal viewpoint, al-madra al-mutahharira. Right? What is the liberal viewpoint? The liberal viewpoint is a viewpoint often which denies that there is anything supernatural. It denies miracles. It denies, therefore, the resurrection of Christ. Uh, 
Now, someone who has a certain kind of liberal viewpoint might come to you and say, why do you try to say that Jesus rose from the dead? This is not credible. This is not believable. This could not have happened. It's, it's not scientific. Moreover, it is not necessary. We can consider the idea of the resurrection of Christ and other miracles, we can consider them to be things that were tacked on, that were added. And therefore, we can ignore them and we can hold to other things. The message of Jesus is still important. It still stands. We should still love each other. Now, Paul the Apostle doesn't hold to this idea that if you take away the resurrection, if you take away the historical things which are asserted, that's okay because many things are still there. No. Paul says if you take away the resurrection, then what's left? Nothing. <laughs> that's what he says. Uh, that is uh, uh, what he says. Uh, the Bible says that if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then the whole message is worthless. The whole uh, message uh, is uh, null and, uh, uh, and, uh, and void. Uh, and void. Uh, it loses its uh, legitimacy. It loses uh, its, uh, uh, its uh, power. We are found, verse 15, false witnesses of God. We, have, we are found false witnesses, and not just false witnesses, you know, I told a story about Brother Paul and he didn't really do it and in some ways this is a false witness against him which is no question sinful, wrong thing to do. But you might say that it's even more serious when I bear false witness of God and say that God did something which in fact he didn't do. Which in fact he uh, uh, didn't do false witness. Let's stop just a moment at the subject of false witness. Let's realize that if we bear false witness, this is a very direct violation of God's commands because one of the Ten Commandments is that you will not bear false witness. You will not bear false uh, witness. Uh, Exodus 20, it's mentioned then in the uh, a recounting of the giving of the Ten Commandments uh, in Deuteronomy, which is in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Again, it says you will not bear false witness against your neighbor. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 19. The bearing of false witness was an important matter as far as uh, legal proceedings were concerned, just like in our day and time. There is something which we call perjury. When a person lies, uh, uh, lies as he is giving witness uh, in court. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 19 and verse 16. 
If a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him that which is wrong, then both the men between whom the controversy is shall stand before the Lord, before the priests and the judges who shall be in those days. And the judges shall make diligent inquiry. And behold, if the witness be a false witness and has testified falsely against his brother, then shall ye do unto him as he had thought to have done unto his brother, so shall thou put the evil away from among you. Uh, false witness is mentioned several times in the book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs chapter 6, there's a listing of, of particular sins which the Lord is said to hate. One of them is a false witness that speaks lies. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 19. Uh, Proverbs 19 and verse 5 a false witness shall not go unpunished. He that speaks lies shall not escape. The Lord Jesus, I mentioned earlier, said out of the heart of man, Matthew 15:19, proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemy. Uh, think of the fact that the Lord Jesus suffered false witness of many against himself, not just at his trial, but before that, when they said he is an evil man, gluttonous, and a drinker of wine. He casts out devils through the prince of uh, devils. One of the things that is said about the Lord Jesus, and it is said more than once, is he is the faithful witness. Ash-Shahid al-Amin. Ash-Shahid al-Amin. Revelation uh, says, uh, chapter 1 and verse 5, from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. Min Yasu'a al-Masih, Ash-Shahid al-Amin. To the church of Laodicea, uh, the Lord Jesus presents his, himself as the Amen, the faithful and true witness. Al-Shahid bi al-Amani wa al-Haq. In his second coming, Revelation 19 and verse 11, he is described as the one who is called faithful and true. Ismu al-Amin wa al-Haq. The Lord Jesus, John chapter 1 and verse 14, full of grace and truth. Al-Mamlu namatan. And of course, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Going back to the Old Testament, uh, look at some statements regarding, uh, regarding bearing a witness which is true. First of all, you have Numbers 23 in verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Uh, The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, and verse 4. He is the rock. His work is perfect. All his ways are justice. 
a God of truth and without iniquity. Uh, a God of truth and without uh, iniquity. Titus chapter 1 and verse 2 says that God cannot lie. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18 says that it is impossible for God to uh, lie. So, we have a God of truth and the Bible characterizes itself as his word, the word of God. These are what? The true sayings of God. Blessed is he who is called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. These are the true sayings uh, of God. Behold, I make all things new. Write, for these words are true and faithful. اكتب لأنه هذا الكلام هو كلام أمين وكلام حق. Revelation 22 and verse 6, these sayings are faithful and uh, true. Uh, more than once, Paul uses this formula or statement, this is a faithful saying. هذا هو كلام أمين. Worthy of all acceptance, مستحق كل قبول, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. أن المسيح يسوع أتى إلى العالم ليخلص خطاط الذين أولهم أنا. At the end of his account of the crucifixion, what does John say when he speaks of what? When he speaks in particular of the spear thrust into the side of the body of Christ. John 19 and verse 35. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true. And he knows that he says true, that ye might uh, believe. Uh, look at Romans chapter 1 and verse uh, 25. Uh, Romans 1 and verse 25 who exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Uh, amen. Who is it who manufactures lies? Who is it who sets aside the truth for the sake of a lie? Men do that. Men do that, not God. Uh, not God. His witness uh, is, uh, is true. And the witness of his servants is likewise uh, true. And so, if you deny the resurrection, then you are saying that we are false witnesses. That we are false witnesses. All those who were enumerated uh, in uh, chapter 15, the first uh, uh, set uh, of verses Cephas, the twelve, the five hundred James, uh, the apostles again, last of all, uh, me we're all liars we are found to be false witnesses uh, of God because we have testified of God that he has raised up Christ whom he raised not up if so be that the dead rise uh, not uh, rise not if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised, and if he's not raised, verse 17, your faith is vain, you are yet in your sins. 
uh, you are yet in uh, your uh, sins. So it's not just that you have heard a bunch of lies from a whole number of people, but you have to realize that there is no salvation. That there is uh, no uh, salvation. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and rose again according to the scriptures. This is what he says at the beginning. Before that he says, this is the message which I preached in which you stand and by which you are saved. And by which you are saved. That Christ died for your sins and that he rose again. This is the message which saves you. The resurrection is part of that message. The resurrection is part of uh, that uh, message. And to say that Jesus died, but he did not rose again, uh, rise again, still I am saved because of what he did on the cross. He died for me. He shed his blood for me. He didn't rise from the dead. I don't believe that. That's not very consequential. I still have salvation. According to Paul, no, you don't. And neither do I, if that is what I believe and hold to. If that is what I uh, believe and, uh, and hold to. If Christ is not raised, your faith is vain. Your faith is uh, vain. A message about, about Christ who died but did not rise again is, according to what we are seeing here, it is not a saving uh, message. Now someone might ask, why is the resurrection a necessary part of the uh, message? Well, he doesn't enter into much detail. Let me just say three things. I'll say them quickly and perhaps elaborate more uh, on them uh, uh, next, uh, next time. Um, a big part of the message of salvation is who Jesus is. Who Jesus is. The fact that he is not just man, but also God in the flesh. But also God in uh, the flesh. If Jesus died and he did not rise again, then there is good ground, there is good reason to think that he's not God, that he's just a man. And if he's just a man, then his death on the cross does not save me. I can look at it in all sorts of ways, as a good example, so on, um, but if he is not God, then his death on the cross does not save me. Does not save me. Uh, another thing. If the Lord Jesus is dead and has not risen, then there is no assurance. There is no assurance that he has paid for my sin fully and completely. The wages of sin is death. And he's still dead. 
perhaps he is still dead because his death was insufficient, was not enough. A person goes to jail in my place to serve a certain sentence which I deserve. Let's say I deserve to be sent to jail, let's say, for 20 years. When do I know that I am done? In the sense of I'm not under condemnation. If he's still in jail, let's say he's been there for 10 years, but he's still there, then at some point the authorities might say he has served 10 years for you, but now we're going to release him and you're going to serve the next 10 years. When do I know that I'm not under condemnation? When he serves the sentence fully and he comes out from under the weight or the burden of that of uh, that sentence. Of that sentence. The wages of sin is death. When he rises again, you know it's done. You know that it is done. Also, if the Lord Jesus did not rise, then it's very clear that the scriptures are false because the scriptures prophesied his resurrection. And you can include in that the fact that he prophesied his own resurrection in many passages in the Gospels. And therefore, if the scriptures are not true, and the Lord Jesus himself is found to be in error, then what does our salvation rest upon? Doesn't our salvation rest upon a message which is brought to us by the Bible, brought to us by the scriptures, proclaimed to us by a word that we believe comes from God? If this word is shown not to be reliable, not to be true with regard to uh, the resurrection of Christ, maybe we can't trust it with regard to other things. One way or the other, whether through these ways, which I mentioned, I, I believe what, what I said is valid, is true, and you can argue it from certain other passages in the Bible, which we'll consider next time. Uh, one way or the other, the resurrection is part of the fundamental message of the Bible. There might be some people who, who say, you know, I believe everything in the Bible, except for some strange reason, I don't believe that Jesus was baptized. Now, I don't want to say, oh, that's okay. As if they are not making a serious mistake. But on the other hand, the people who deny that Jesus is baptized, to be very honest, I think it's not the same as denying that Jesus rose from the dead. <laughs> because the baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ does not play the same crucial central role. Uh, uh, central role. Uh, in any event, uh, we're comparing one thing with another uh, in a way that the Bible itself does not get into. What we are told very clearly here is that if Christ is not raised, 
your faith is vain, you are yet in your sins. You are yet in your sins. There is no salvation, there is no redemption, there is no forgiveness of sin, there is no eternal life. None of these things, which are all, of course, part of this thing that we call salvation, the Bible calls it salvation, right? None of these things are going to be there if Christ has not risen. If Christ has uh, not uh, uh, risen. He goes on to say two things. I'll just mention them quickly. We'll look at them more uh, next time. Those who are fallen in Christ have perished. Uh, have uh, perished. Those who have fallen asleep in Christ. All right? Those who have held to this faith and have passed away, they, they have perished. And we are of all men most miserable. Uh, if Christ is not risen from the dead, but now is Christ risen from the dead, and he is become, he has become the first fruits of them that sleep. He has become the first fruits. Uh, remember the idea uh, that, oh, the believer doesn't rise. Christ rose. And he has become the first fruits. The first. And others will follow. And others will follow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the fact that it points us to truth, teaches us what is right. There are many voices, there are many ideas, there are many systems of thinking, analyzing things, and one person says one thing and another says another. But we have a word of truth, a word of revelation, a word that tells us of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. How say some of you anything different from this? Because if you say things which are different, you must know the consequences of what you are claiming. We thank you because... Christ is indeed uh, risen. We have a witness uh, which is true. We have a salvation uh, which is real. We have hope regarding those who have held to this message and who have gone before us. And in this world, we are not of men most miserable. But happy is that people whose God is the Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to rest upon your word and the truth of what it tells us. And from this truth to gather strength 
through faith to trust in all that you have done and are able to do and to give you glory in all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.